Welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz, today is our long-awaited, maybe not for you, but definitely for us, animation extravaganza. Where we're just going to be diving deep into a couple of amazing kid shows that really breach the line of kid shows, what that really means. Yeah. I mean, we're going to... At least I'm going to mention a lot more that I have in mind, but two of which that we're going to dive deep into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are shows that we are really passionate about, and um, they are... I can't even d pick a blanket statement to make about them, so let's just mm. get into it. The yeah. first one we're going to talk about is Gravity Falls. And for those of you who have heard of Gravity Falls, it is amazing i think this is the mm -hmm. this is really the show that got me into loving kid shows with incredibly deep lore and mature characters and decisions mm -hmm. like th this is really the one that got me yeah i mean last night i was talking to someone and i described it as a kid twin peaks and I think that's exactly what it that is. That is exactly <laughs> what I'm sure that's how it was uh, brought to the studio as. Yeah, like, that's the elevator that. pitch. It's yeah. just like Twin Peaks for kids. Before I ever saw Gravity Falls, it was on top 10 lists of like greatest TV shows of all time. And, you know, I'd see Avatar The Last Airbender, which is, you know, one of the OGs. And I'd think that that definitely deserves to be on a top 10 list. But Gravity Falls, I don't know. So I watched it. And within, like, a week, I had binged all of it. And yeah. you know I love this show. It, it's yeah. I cannot stop gushing about how good it is. But what do you think of it? Well, for context, Max, you've been begging me to watch this for, like, years. <laughs> for years. And I never did. <laughs> and I never did. And I finally have. And let me tell you, I don't know why I slept on it. Because it was really fucking good. It's exactly. So good. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I mean I I have like the the last two weeks from hell very, very busy, but <laughs> I have been like Gravity Falls has been my solace and I'm like, I need to watch an episode before I go to sleep. I <laughs> I will not be able to fall asleep without knowing what Dipper and Mabel are doing this week. <laughs> could I stay up another twenty minutes? Yeah, I could. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I remember the exact journey I had when I first watched this show. I, you know, I binged it all in like a week and then I needed more. So I binged it again in a week and then I needed more. So I think I watched <laughs> season two again. Wow. I just, I, I loved this show so much and I dissected it and all of the behind the screen stuff with all the mysteries, like we'll, we'll get into it. I, yeah. I was 110% into all of that stuff. I mean, I remember seeing all the ads on, like, Disney XD and stuff when we were kids. Because this came out in 2013. It's mm -hmm. not a recent show. And still, Gravity Falls is, like, one of the most... Uh, I wouldn't say adult. It's not adult. It's for kids. But it mm -hmm. treats kids like people. And exactly. that doesn't happen a lot in children's media. That's true of both of the shows we're going to be talking about today. And... I think that's really valuable because kids are smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. They are people. They're little people. They don't know how to deal with their emotions yet, but they have those emotions that we have. And it's like 
this kind of show is really it's really good for kids to watch i think mm -hmm. it's it doesn't patronize them even though it has funny colors and fart jokes that kids love <laughs> lots of fart jokes but there's two things that i want to talk about with the two shows that we're talking about today yeah and it's serialization like over the span of seasons oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's also the fact that they're allowed to be scary yeah okay i have i have also something um about the episodic nature of um cartoons mm -hmm. as a whole and like rick and morty is something that like points this out a lot but doesn't do a lot to change it mm -hmm. cartoons aren't allowed to change they no. they everything goes back to the status quo it's like a sitcom sitcoms don't change at the end of the episode everything goes back to the status quo but in real life sitcoms sometimes if it's about kids characters grow up so they have to deal with that and cartoons never really deal with it and the two shows we're talking about today absolutely does mm -hmm. like even i think we're gonna talk about this more in the second show because i have a lot yep. to say about that but in gravity falls like just like on baseline mabel's wearing a different sweater in each episode yeah that doesn't happen in most shows kid like a uh, cartoon what is it like um figures i don't know yeah. the figures are drawn and they stay the same and like, they never change I'm unless thinking it's for of the a bit hannah barbera cartoons where they're always wearing the same stuff yeah like, or yeah anything family guy like they changed for a bit. They'd be like, oh, look at this crazy thing that I'm wearing. Oh, this is a special prom episode. We're wearing dresses now. And then it goes back and everything is the mm -hmm. same. And like it has that. Obviously, Dipper always wears the same thing. Yeah. But he's always got his puffy vest. Puffy vest and, and cap. But although he does change his cap from the first episode. He does. The, well, the cap. Yeah. Because, well, he changes it in the. It's a cap that he wears yeah. this summer. That's what that's mm -hmm. what it is. So basically, let me let me step back for a second. If anybody doesn't know, the plot of Gravity Falls is two 12-year-old twins, Dipper and Mabel Pines, um go to live for the summer with their great uncle, aka Grunkle, Stan <laughs> Pines, <laughs> uh in the town of Gravity Falls, Oregon. Because Oregon, great all name the weird for a town. Stuff goes on, yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, the town is magical. That's, I mean, that's the baseline. Yeah. You know, how it's... is it magical? You'll figure it out. Well, we, yeah, it's not. It's never really said how it's magical, but things are magical. There maybe. is one episode where they say maybe it's this, maybe it's not though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, mm. I, I, I guess we're getting into all spoilers. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's not. We don't yeah. know. Well, okay. When they said that it was because of aliens, I was like, because, okay, so there's this cliffside in one of the episodes in season mm -hmm. two where um, they're like, oh, a space, like a flying saucer used to be there. And the cliff is like a cutout of yeah. the flying saucer that left. And I'm like. It might be aliens, but in my head, I was also like, or aliens landed there because it was the weirdest yeah, place exactly. in the world. The weirdness brought the aliens. It, it could yeah. be anything. And it's never anything. really dived into, and I'm glad they don't get into it yeah. too it's specifically. Basically, it allows them to basically deal with like any supernatural concept you could possibly imagine. And it's great and hilarious. And um, we'll go into the characters and stuff in yeah. a minute. But... Um, 
yeah, Dipper and Mabel are, they're the mystery twins. They're very different. Dipper is very um, obsessed with solving the mysteries of the town and figuring out what his uh, mysterious journal that he finds on his first day. Um, who is the author? Who is the author of this mysterious journal? And uh, Mabel, she loves pigs <laughs> and sweaters, and she's awesome. She's literally the best ever. <laughs> the way that I see it, Mabel is fun, whereas Dipper drives the plot. Yeah. But Mabel drives a lot of the plots because a lot of the plots... Um, not that she's, like, only fun. It's just... I don't even know. A lot of the plots are centered around her. Yes. Um, in fact, she is the catalyst for a lot of the stuff that happens. A lot, especially at the end. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. I'm mainly Dipper and Mabel versus the future, which yeah. is, oh my god. What a great episode. <laughs> the, this entire show, I mean, the great mystery that grips you right from the beginning, like what's the origin of this mystery in the town? What's the origin of the journal? Everything. Like, it, this This series knows what it's doing where it, where it comes to mystery and twists and reveals like it it's high class stuff but i think the greatest thing that gravity falls does is fantastic silly jokes mm -hmm. and i'm thinking i i remember being grabbed by this show from the mystery right from the get-go but what really grabbed me was the humor in the second episode i think there's a mm -hmm. moment where seuss talks about how he's a side character yeah, and he's like, oh my god, am I a side character? <laughs> Whoops. I just smacked your mic. <laughs> I just, like, hit my microphone. I was so excited that you mentioned Seuss. I love Seuss. <laughs> <clears throat> Seuss might be the only character who is just through and through a good person. Every other person in this show has a lazy or selfish or just self-serving side, which isn't a bad yeah. thing. It's, it's a very I good thought... character choice. I thought it was great because you treat them like actual people. People are lazy and self-serving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's wonderful. They don't, they don't feel like cardboard cutouts. The person that I was most worried about feeling two-dimensional was Mabel herself mm -hmm. because she's the quirky one. She's the silly girl who, who at first is obsessed with boys and summer <laughs> romance. As in and, the pilot, yeah, she's just introduced trying to hit on guys, and that's, like, yeah. all her character is. Okay, I wrote very few notes while I was watching. <laughs> you know me. I don't take down many notes. I just sort of ramble. But the, fir the first note that I have is episodes one and four, which the first episode where mm. Mabel... Um, she gets uh, it, she gets a boyfriend, but he's actually a bunch oh. of gnomes in a trench coat. <laughs> Is this freaking you out? Is this too weird? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or please be a vampire. Um, please be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like they go into the forest, and he's like, "I have something to tell you, Mabel." I and it was 2013, so obviously. <laughs> yeah. And it, we didn't uh, mention any of the cast, but it's Christian Shawl as Mabel. So it's it, it's Louise from Bob's Burgers. It, it, uh, perfect voice. Yeah. No, she's ac absolutely excellent. Um, but episodes one and episode four, which introduces Gideon. Oh, Lil little Gideon. Little Gideon. 
Um, why don't you explain who Lil Gideon is? Because <laughs> so, I'll get too mad. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Gideon is this performer who's rivals with Grunkle Stan, and they're they're pretty much both grifters who try to steal right. other people's money. Yeah, we never said Grunkle Stan owns a, the, something called the Mystery Shack, where <laughs> he scams people out of money by making them think the town is um, spooky. But he actually, <laughs> in the first season, uh, does not believe that the town is Heavy spooky. quotation marks. Heavy quotation marks. <laughs> Uncle, Grunkle Stan... <laughs> I can't say uncle. I have to call him Grunkle Stan. Yeah, Grunkle he is the Stan. Grunkle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the end when like the last episode it was very very emotional centering around Grunkle Stan and the I was literally crying and the fact that they were just going Grunkle Stan the whole time I was like how am I crying? This is so stupid. <laughs> and we're getting ahead of ourselves but like it, there's a episode in the middle of season two where they're like maybe he's not our grunkle and they're trying to be yeah. serious about it wait but no no i grunkle. have so much i have so much oh, yeah. to say about yeah, the, that the episode is not what he seems we will talk about it <laughs> yeah absolutely um but so Lil gideon is like a competing um mm. psychic psychopath and uh, how old is he <laughs> six i don't know like <laughs> he <laughs> has like parents a... but he no, he's like an actual baby, and he he's the weirdest character ever. Like his, his hair is about the size as his head. No, it's about the size of his whole body. Like if you <laughs> took off his hair and put it next to his whole body, he's like I don't even know how to describe. It. Obviously, cartoon proportions, but yeah. just like very unsettling to look at. <laughs> and he is the very clear villain of this show. Until they introduce a bigger villain. I think mm -hmm. at the end of season one. But he's the main uh, antagonist. The, the the villain of the show is the guy on the, the dollar bill. Yes. On the back of the dollar bill. We'll get <laughs> Bill <to> Cypher. <laughs> Fucking love um, But basically, um, episodes... So episode four introduces Lil Gideon. And he... Mm quickly becomes obsessed with Mabel, trying to uh, uh, force her to date him. Uh, just as in episode one, the gnomes were trying to force Mabel to marry all 120 of them or something and become the queen of the gnomes. Um, and so the note that I wrote down was, episodes one and four center around Mabel losing her agency to men who only value her for her sexual capital. <laughs> and they're both, yeah, gonna kidnap Mabel. It, it is a bit I weird. I wrote that. I think I wrote that at <laughs> one a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, this is strange for a kids show to deal with." <laughs> they're all trying to kidnap Mabel and force her to uh, to be their wife or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Gideon stays on that plot line, but they they loosen yeah. that up quite a bit. Yeah. When, once they focus on like the inherent mystery in the show, which I'm very glad. Mm -hmm. And they Mabel does still get a lot of, I say in quotation marks, boyfriends over the show. And all of them are 
crazier than the last. I wouldn't say boyfriends, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> love interests. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite is Mermondo, obviously. <laughs> he's actually a good person. When Mermondo sends Mabel the letter, and she's just like, and he's yeah. marrying the queen of the manatees, and she's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and she's <laughs> that just, got it's me. just a manatee in the dress. <laughs> and I love Mabel so much because even though she's jealous that the guy that she likes is getting married in an arranged marriage which he is miserable about yeah by the way and she never cares that he's miserable about that she's like oh no what about me but she's still like and she's beautiful even though it's just a manatee in a dress it's i love yeah, mabel's great she's mabel's innocent and perfect mm -hmm. it felt like early on the show was really trying to distinguish itself from other kid shows. Like the episode where they go fishing um, and the episode about um, Old Man McGucket. Yes. Um, that it, that's the first episode with Old Man McGucket, I think. Um, and I can't even say his fucking name. <laughs> um, but it was... I don't know. That's the episode. That's what where I dropped off the first time I tried to watch it because mm. when you asked me to watch it years ago, I did try. I watched the first two episodes and then I got bored. And, <laughs> and I, I think I remember being so confident that you were just gonna binge it like me. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know what it was. It was probably that I just wasn't in a in a place to watch the cartoon like that because mm. I was just like. I was probably, you know what I was probably doing? I probably wanted to watch Charmed. I don't know why, <laughs> yeah. but I love Charmed. And I was like, I'd rather watch Charmed if I'm going to deal with supernatural shit. <laughs> like an old supernatural show. Um, but yeah, that's where I fell off at first. But then like following those episodes, it gets very good. And there's that's the little Gideon episode. And then there's um, episode six. I wrote, um, I think it was the same night that I watched episode four, <laughs> honestly. Um, I wrote episode six, disrupting the culture of hegemonic masculinity, sort of. <laughs> so is that the one with the man bears? Yeah, yeah. that's the one with the man bears and the, the, the one where Dipper is obsessed with growing his first chest hair because he thinks that will make him a man. <laughs> And, and uh, they have legally distinct ABBA. Yeah, oh my <laughs> god. That was so funny. They were... Ah, and Dipper was like, I'm not a man because I like ABBA. But it wasn't ABBA. It was like... It was, it was ABBA? You like Swedish, uh, Swedish pop country, <laughs> pop rock indie band ABBA? What is it? What I think it? it was BABBA. BABBA? Oh my god. <laughs> And it was like to the tune of Dancing Queen, but he was like, it was singing all yeah. different lyrics. It was so funny. It was it was perfect. <laughs> and there there are a whole lot of episodes with Gravity Falls, and we talked about serialization earlier, where Gravity Falls still has a somewhat status quo that it returns to every once in a while. But Gravity Falls also has these wonderful episodes every once in a while that shakes everything up. And I'm thinking mainly of season two. But... Yeah, because uh, I think I think season one is definitely more uh, episodic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have the self-contained plots in each episode and they go to the next one. Um, the characters do change and they reference stuff from the past, but... Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, they it's rescue not very... a 12 and a half president from Amber. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens, you know. Um, but it's not very serialized until you get to season two. And mm-hmm. season two, oh. oh boy, oh boy. Um, wh- before we get into season yeah. two, there are two other things I wanted to mention really quickly. Um, I love the corrupt cop husbands. They're <laughs> hilarious. Um like what at and first i was ju- i just wrote corrupt cops a cab but then <laughs> they're then dumb but they're also on, in love with each they're, other they're like literally in love and they're so funny <laughs> um so then i went back and i wrote husbands next to corrupt cop um <laughs> I mean, they're, they're still great. corrupt, but... They're super corrupt. They're terrible cops, as uh, are most cute. cops. But um, they're when they're taken out of that context, like in the last episode, they're <laughs> yeah. excellent. So um, I, I don't know if you knew then, this, but oh. right from the get-go, those two cops were supposed to be in a relationship, and they oh, couldn't yeah. really make that explicit because, mm-hmm. you know, it's Disney, and Disney sucks. Disney XD 2013... Even now, Disney XD would yeah. do. I absolutely knew that, and if I don't know if you know, I'm sorry. I'm an expert at queering media. Okay, <laughs> reading into media, um, and in a queer way, I absolutely knew that they were together the first time I saw them on but yeah, screen. The, the I was creators... like, they're in love. <laughs> Clearly. But yeah, the creators <laughs> fought tooth and nail to get them to either kiss or express their love for each other and they got one of those and they I'm got glad... to say it in the last episode yeah. they didn't get to kiss though we don't have to read so much subtlety for the show we're going to be talking about after this because they right, get right, it right, right there <laughs> but but gravity <laughs> um, falls yeah um also just the other thing um I'm so happy because personally, I finally know the context of the I'm Stan and I was wrong song. Yeah. Um, because I've been hearing that around the internet for like five years. I had no idea that was bouncing around the internet. There's a trend. Yeah, there's a trend. It, it, I think it's like exclusively queer women. And it's, it's so funny. It's you play the Stan is wrong song. And um, it's for <laughs> it's for people that identified as bisexual and then later come out as gay or lesbian oh, or something yeah. else or people who uh, identified as gender fluid who later come out as trans they <laughs> go i'm stan and i was wrong and then they take down the flag on their wall and then they put a different flag back up <laughs> it's so funny i've seen the exact same format of TikTok 10,000 times and i will watch it every time it pops oh, on my, my goodness feet. i had no idea about that <laughs> I'm I'm so glad Gravity Falls is still in pop culture. Yeah. Uh, I will love it forever. Also they yeah, the Stan and I was wrong song is like at the end which um during the end credits which Gravity Falls always has something happening during yeah. the end credits love to it. get people to watch it and it's so funny. There's so many funny things that are iconic from the show that happened during the mm-hmm. credits. It reminds me of the uh, community credits where like, yeah, yeah, some of the funniest jokes. Joy and Abed are there. in the morning. <laughs> so, should we talk about the season 1 finale and I guess some of the season 1 mysteries before we get to season 2? Yes. Because Let's like there's the first end there there's the first episode cliffhanger where Stan goes into his basement. Right. All season Stan Okay, so the Mystery Shack is, like, this A-frame, like, 
two-bedroom house, right? Very mm. small. But then at the end of the first episode, Stan opens up a vending machine and goes into the back of it and goes down into a mysterious room, which we later find out is a basement. And that I was like... I, from the beginning, I mean, I'm not a child. I, I'm not a child watching this. And I obviously know some things because this show has been out since 2013. But I was like, there's no way Stan doesn't believe in the supernatural. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> I There's some things that I had guessed. The fact that he had one of the journals. And yeah, he also I gets one of his journals had, from Gideon. I definitely thought that he had number one. But... Um, there's also oh, yeah, one the, theory. There's three journals. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and Dipper have, has the third. Uh, Dipper has number three, and they all have a handprint with six fingers on them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the author has six fingers. But there is yeah. one theory that I wasn't confident in, but I felt pretty good about as I was watching the show. And I thought that McGucket was the author. I was pretty sure. Mm, I, I definitely... There were definitely times when I thought that, but... There's a, when does the McGucket episode happen? It doesn't I think that's happen second, immediately. That's in the, the se second season. Oh, yeah. The the one with McGucket's memories, that second season. Yeah. And that's a really good episode. It's a great episode, and I think they established that exact theory. Mm. Um, yeah, I think they even say, like, go as far as to say that, like, fans, you probably guessed it. It's not yeah. the case. <laughs> they, they do, no, they do that a lot on the show. They're like... They're like, we've been theorizing for what feels like two years. <laughs> and like, have really meta jokes in there, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, and they mostly come from Seuss, which is awesome. Yeah. Or there, there is one joke that had me crying the first time I saw it. And that's when they're talking about some other show and Stan comes in and he's just like, I'll have you know that this show has a lot of adult themes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah, was really fantastic fun. I think it meta jokes. Wasn't that it was their uh, their their dog version of Sherlock or something? Yeah, it was duck. No, no, duck duck. duck yeah, duck detective. <laughs> that was hilarious. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but I think in the duck detective show they had the uh, evil twin twist, and then Seuss was like, oh, "I guessed it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, "Yeah, I know exactly." Another meta one, and it was so funny. Um, and then but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, season one, it all builds to this fantastic finale where they reveal Bill Cipher. And they, like, Bill Cipher is all over this show. If you're looking for him, you can see a triangle in almost every scene, Everywhere. just in the background. And, and like, he's not just a triangle, a triangle with, eye, with, with an eye. With yeah. an eye in it. It's awesome. And obviously he is um, in at the end of the credits, at the end mm -hmm. of the title sequence. For um, a split always. second. Yeah. Oh, love um, that. And from and the, the beginning, the backward you always, voice. Yeah. No, oh. it's scary. Like you always told me that there was. I always knew there was Bill Cipher, and he was a triangle because mm -hmm. I've been on the internet. And <laughs> um, as soon as I watched the the theme song for the first time, and I saw him at the end, I was like, "Ooh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay." Hi, Bill. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he is. I, it's amazing to me that Bill Cipher, Grunkle Stan, and Seuss are all voiced by the same person, and that's Alex Hirsch, the creator of this show. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't even know that. That just blew my mind. I always knew that that whoever voiced 
Phil Cipher definitely voiced someone mm. else because I could tell that the voice was kind of similar to someone yeah. else. But I had no idea it was Grunkle Stan and Suze. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Oh, yeah. And it's the creator of the show, too, Alex Hirsch. He, great fan. That's He's also sick. the voice of King. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. I know that Alex... Okay. <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to all of it, but yeah. Bill Cipher, uh, back to him, because I love all-powerful antagonists. And he's not all-powerful, all but at first he's introduced and he's just, he can do anything. He's very close to all-powerful. I was even thinking that in the, the like, the season <laughs> two finale. I was like, this guy, like, how are you going to beat him? <laughs> but he, uh, again, and how they beat him is he can only exist in the mindscape in the mind of someone else oh my god yeah so that's introduced at the end of the first season Mm -hmm. um and that was like it uh, brilliant i i couldn't have come up with a better solution myself than to how they Mm -hmm. defeat him hold on hold on hold on yeah no i don't want to i don't want to (laughs) talk about that yet because first i want to talk about so uh the end of season one it is revealed that grunkle stan does indeed believe in the supernatural and has the first journal and is building some sort of crazy yeah, machine. He's collected all in the three. Basement. Yeah, he's got like multiple layers of the basement. He's got a high-tech machine that he's powering mm-hmm. up and then the yeah. season ends. Yeah, by the end he has all three. He has taken Dipper's journal and Lil Gideon's journal. So he mm. has all three journals. And you're like, oh my god, I genuinely can't tell if he is the author of these journals or if he is trying to do something evil with these journals. I, I don't think I ever thought that he was the author simply because he seemed to be too... I don't know if incompetent is the right word because he seemed secretly competent. He, yeah. It seemed like he was one step behind no matter what he did. Well, the thing I thought that I thought just for those few episodes that he might be the author only because um once he got the journal it was like a it was like a switch flipped mm-hmm. and he was very competent <laughs> and he was like here we go in that basement yeah yeah and I was like oh he's been putting on an act this whole time <laughs> oh my mm-hmm. god. And I think uh, guessing that he's the author is closer than I ever got to guessing who the author was. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you, when you, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the author. Because yes. when I wrote, <laughs> I wrote down, the only note I have for that was, oh shit, I wasn't expecting that. Parentheses, Stan. <laughs> yeah. Stan and Stan. Yeah. So, um, the actual author is Stan's secret twin brother, Stan. <laughs> uh, they're both we'll named say, Stan. I, yeah, I think there's, it's Stan and Stanley. Stan, so, there's Stanford and there's Stanley. Now, the one that Dipper and Mabel have been living with Stanford Pines this mm-hmm. whole time. However, it is revealed in episode or season two episode 11 not what he seems Mm -hmm. that that uh, grunkle stan is not 
Stanford Pines. Yeah. Grunkle Stan is Stanley Pines, and he faked his own death and took on his brother's identity after... And he's been living in his brother's house this whole time. Yeah, in his brother's house. And after his brother uh, accidentally got abducted into a pocket dimension or a different dimension... <laughs> Some sort By, of dimension. I don't know. His brother's super smart. And <laughs> basically, they make them as extreme mirrors to Dipper and Mabel. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's They're... voiced by J.K. Simmons. And yeah, let me tell you, Sasha, I, <laughs> I did not come close to guessing this in any <laughs> shape or form. When Stanford steps out of the portal and he grabs the journal, and he shows the six fingers. For some stupid reason in my head, I was like, oh my god, it's Dipper from the future. I thought that too! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I, you know who I thought was Dipper from the future? Because the voice was very similar. I thought Ooh. it was the time-traveling guy. Oh! The really incompetent time-traveler. <laughs> Blandon? Yeah, I didn't think it the whole time. Just the first episode that he was in, I was like, oh my god, is this Dipper from the future? The voice is, like, really similar. <laughs> Small side point on Dipper that doesn't matter, but I thought that his birthmark was going to come into play. You know, the... Sh the Yeah. The big Dipper. The reason he's called Dipper. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Do you know his real name? Because no. I had what to Google it? it, too. It's uh, Mason. Mabel and Mason. Mabel and Mason! Oh my god, that <laughs> makes sense. You name mm. twins similar things. Yep. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, I was gonna say... The, okay, so the reason that I wasn't as shocked about... Like, I was definitely shocked mm -hmm. that Stan wasn't who he said he was, but I wasn't as shocked about the fact that he had a twin because... Okay, well... I'm going to start out this by saying, which of Dipper and Mabel, which of the Pines twins do you think is trans? Because one of them definitely is because they're identical twins. <laughs> yeah, they are the same person. And I mean, it's, oh God, I honestly Personally, don't I think know. it's Dipper. I think I was, it's Dipper. I was going to say Dipper, but also I didn't want to... I don't know. I didn't want to be incorrect in a guess. It's a guess. Who cares? It's not. It's it's. This is purely fan conjecture. That is, it is true. Yeah. None of it's ever gonna be real. But like, I'm like, they're identical twins. Mm. Um, first of all, if if anybody out there doesn't know, um, <laughs> the way that you get identical twins. So fraternal twins are genetic, and they run in a family. This is also something I think that cartoons get this confused a lot because. Mm -hmm. Um, fraternal twins run in families. It's a gene that causes, um, the, the person carrying the child, the, the pregnant person to release multiple eggs instead of just one egg, right? That's a gene. Um, the way, so there are two different babies in one uterus, but the way that identical twins work is that it's one egg that splits into two like a weird little mutant and mm -hmm. it is it does it is not genetic it does not run in families i mean it might be genetic but it doesn't run in families it's not um i i looked it up for this very purpose <laughs> because i was like i knew it, it but i was also like i want to be sure when i say mm -hmm. this it doesn't run in families there have been many studies identical twins i'm sorry i love you if, and if i know any of you but you're freaks of nature um, <laughs> yeah you're mutants <laughs> you're mutants. i mean we love that's mutants cool here, though but we you love are. mutants yeah um 
but they're and so because they are one egg split into two they're literally the same person twice mm-hmm. they cannot be different biological genders um they are the same biological gender um right. or biological sex um but so, so i i i so, knew none of that yeah and i, I the, hadn't even thought about it yeah well the fact that because like i i understand what the creators lots of creators do this a lot they're like if you mm. have identical twins you have oh former identical twins in the same family like in uh the first the first example i can think of is in uh harry potter fred and george right. are identical twins and there's somewhere said that molly used to mm. have twin brothers who were identical twins who died in the war but um their names were gideon and fabian i think wait no i might be wrong about that but i know that you know more about harry potter than me yeah i know a lot Um, (laughs) but but basically it's that is incorrect because i mean i mean it would it would be a great coincidence but right the fact like it doesn't it's proven to not run in families, identical mm. twins. So I understand what the creators were going for with Stan and uh, Stan and Ford being identical twins, and then mm. Dipper and Mabel being fraternal twins. That doesn't make sense. So they have to be identical twins. If you're going for that, that identical twins mm. run in the family, then they have if, to be yeah, identical. If it twins. has to be hereditary, and I mean yeah. it, and in this in this supernatural world of Gravity Falls, maybe it does run. <laughs> yeah maybe but i mean it's also for the very on the nose metaphor between the two twins oh absolutely and i'm not discounting the story reasons that's the (laughs) like the the story reasons are the only reason that that exists i'm absolutely certain of it but i just wanted on record that one of the (laughs) pine twins is trans and i'm pretty sure it's dipper (laughs) (laughs) i mean out of the two yeah. It would be Dipper. <laughs> but th- slay, go Dipper. Honestly, yeah. the only the thing that really got it for me was the episode exploring his masculinity, episode six of season one. Because I was like, this is really interesting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going past season one, and I think we've thoroughly talked about season one, but there's an episode in season two. I think it's episode two, Into the Bunker, where Dipper fully has to come to terms with his crush on Wendy that we haven't really talked about, but he's had a crush on Oh yeah, there's a employees. character named Wendy. <laughs> and she's voiced by um I'm blanking on her name, but Lila from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, I love her. What is her name? Um She's Velma uh, in the live Judy, action Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. She's also Hawkeye's wife. Uh Judy <laughs> and she's in um that awesome show with that other lady where they're murderers. I forget, but it's a really good show. Judy's... No, that's the, her name in the show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know her name. <laughs> um, Linda Carlo... Linda, Linda Cardellini. Cardellini. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, she played yeah, Judy she's... In, in a Netflix show. That's really she's, good. I forget she's really good in this show. We're prob- we probably won't mention her again. She She's awesome, though. But yeah. Dipper has a crush on her the entire show, and he yeah. finally says something about it, and they to handle clear, it so maturely. They do a really good job. To be clear, Dipper is 13. He is very small. <laughs> and Mabel, not Mabel, um, Wendy is um, 
16, 17? Yeah, something around there. She's she's a full teenager, so she is drawn like an adult. Um uh, mm-hmm. and Dipper is drawn like a child. So they really they really clarify from the beginning, even though Dipper has a crush on her, this is not gonna happen. Yeah. Dipper does not have a chance. And yeah. Wendy pretty much outright says that. She's like, I, you're a really good friend, but it's not happening, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there's, they, they handle it really well in multiple, multiple episodes. There's one episode where, um, it was really funny where Dipper and Mabel go back in time and yes. they run into Wendy as like a toddler or like six years old and Dipper is 13 and Wendy is six and, uh, Wendy is like, oh, I have a crush on you. Or Wendy's friend is like, oh, my friend has a crush on you. And Dipper was like, oh, that's uncomfortable. And then Mabel's like, now how do you think Wendy feels all the time? <laughs> it's like in that moment, Dipper's eyes go super wide and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, oh. After that, he makes no more passes at Wendy or yeah. any more tries to like get her to be his girlfriend, which is yeah. really... I was like, Just hey, mature. he took the fucking hint. This is yeah. what we have to teach little boys. <laughs> this is good. Like, it's okay to have a crush, but if they say no, just stop it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Find someone Respect else. them. But there's a whole bunch of mature choices in this show. I think, I, I'm thinking specifically of Seuss, but a bunch of side characters get a lot of shine in a specific episode. Yeah. It's a very realized world. Um, go ahead, talk about the one you're talking about. But uh, yeah, Seuss, he has a whole dynamic where he never saw his dad. And then they have a time travel episode in the second season where... Yeah, that's like the one that I was talking duel. about. But yeah, and <laughs> the, basically the, the episode ends with Seuss realizing that he never really needed his dad because he found a father figure in grunkle stan in grunkle stan and he found a family with Mm -hmm. uh it was basically like why should i care so much about this guy who doesn't care about me at all who never came Mm -hmm. to any of my birthdays who never made any um attempt to see me my whole life when i have two friends here who will literally travel through time and give up a time wish the, (laughs) the best thing you could ever have for me and I was like, wow. And he asked cool, for Zeus. a slice <laughs> of pizza crying. with his time wish. Yeah, I remember crying during well, that the, scene. The f- <laughs> he asked for Dipper and Mabel to be cleaned up because they were all yeah. scuffled up and hurt. <laughs> and 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 he wished for a piece of never, uh, is an infinite <laughs> pizza. You take yeah. a bite and he, that pizza was, regenerates. Awesome. It was a slice <laughs> of pizza and then he, they're just like, what are you, are you kidding me? You just got a slice of pizza with that? And he's like, it's infinite pizza. Yeah, and they're like, and they're okay, like oh, okay, that's, that's a good what, wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't think of too much else to say other than, you know, there's some scary monsters. Like, there's a shapeshifter in season two that is genuinely allowed to be Yo, scary. that shapeshifter, that <laughs> Voiced by Mark me. Hamill. It was terrifying. I did not know that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love Mark Hamill. He's really good at being scary. Um, yes. And... But but it really got me when it was pretending to be Wendy. Like the oh. other times, I was like, I think that's the shapeshifter. But when it was Wendy, I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> or like when it, its eyes blinked the wrong way, and it it would move, it would scuttle along the wall, and its head would be trailing behind. It Perfect. was freaky, man. Mm. I love that. And there are some other scary monsters, but that's the one that yeah. really made me remember this show. Yeah. 
But well, other than that, we, I can't think of yeah, much else to say. Let's talk about the end of the show, and then we'll move mm-hmm. on to our next topic. Yes. But um, because the finale, yeah. Weird Magannon of Gravity Falls, Weird Magannon so parts one, two, and three, um, so good. Um, they they really take it seriously. They change the uh, the theme song, so because oh. Bill Cipher takes over the world basically, and yeah. <clears throat> he gets a physical form, and yeah. he just. He, he runs Gravity Falls now. And it is a full-on apocalypse territory. It's great. Um, there's one episode centered around Mabel because he kidnaps Mabel. And I wrote down in my notes, I love that it all comes down to Mabel. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but she was like the catalyst for um, Bill like getting to our physical plane, but also in stopping him. And that was really... Like, that was really interesting to me, especially because so much focus was around Dipper and around the mysteries. Mm -hmm. Dipper was very involved in it and Mabel was still involved with the supernatural, but she wasn't as involved with the mystery element of the town. I think as soon as the finale starts, Dipper tries to face on Bill and just gets defeated. And immediately he's like, okay, no, I need Mabel. We need to do this together. Yeah. And And that is perfect. Sibling power. Um, and so in the last episode, basically we touched on it a bit earlier, but the way that they defeat, uh, Bill Cipher is absolutely heart wrenching. Um, Bill Cipher is trying to get into the mind of Ford, um, Mm -hmm. Grunkle Ford, because he has, um, an equation inside his mind that will let, uh, Bill Cipher out of Gravity Falls and destroy the world. And... Mm -hmm. Um, Grunkle Ford is like, I can't let him inside my mind because, um, then he'll be able Mm. to, he'll win. Um, And for Bill Cipher to get inside a mind, the the person has to willingly let him in. Yeah, they have to willingly let him in. Mm. Um, and so obviously, uh, Bill Cipher terrorizes the kids until they, uh, until Ford and Stan. he He talks about turning the kids into like fourth dimensional skin sacks or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, some real creepy stuff. Like, Bill Cipher's mainly a prankster in this show, but he has some moments where he's truly horrific. Like, when he turns Pacifica's dad all the holes in his face and just rearranges them. Holy crap, that was awesome. That was terrifying. (laughs) I loved it. And he just starts Uh, screaming. (laughs) Basically, so Stan and Ford switch places when Bill isn't looking. And Mm. they switch clothes, and... um. Stan lets Bill into his mind, Bill thinking that it's Ford's mind, and um, Bill gets trapped inside of Stan's mind while Ford erases his memory with the memory eraser gun that old man um, McGruggle, what is it again? (laughs) McGucket, damn it, I tried. (laughs) Old man McGucket uh, made, and... Uh, it is a genuinely tragic scene. It was I very bawled sad. my eyes out. I was crying a lot. And I texted you and I'm like, not me crying watching <laughs> Gravity Falls. What the heck? And I knew it without you mentioning what you were watching, I knew exactly which part you were watching. Oh, absolutely. And it was but... it was the worst part is not him getting his memories erased. The worst part mm. was 
sitting at the end, knowing that this is the end, this is the last episode of the series. This is the end of the episode. I could see by the timestamp. Yep. I was like, this is the end of the episode. And he wakes up and the kids go up to him and go, hi, Grunkle Stan. And he's like, who are you? And it was he's just like, so hey, kiddo. Sad. Yeah. Oh, and I Mabel mean, they, they like go back bawling. on it, which yeah. I wish they didn't, but it still broke me. Just yeah. and that image of after Stan punches Bill out, and Bill's just like begging for his life, and yeah. he grabs a picture of his family. And he's just like, "Well, I guess I wasn't, or I was good for something after all." Oh, I'm just like, gosh. "Fuck!" I know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't mind that they went back on it purely because. I cannot believe that they were able to get me. I'm usually able to yeah. see things coming in kids' shows. And I was, I was like, no, I'm crying. <laughs> I mean, I, I say I wish they didn't go back on it because it's like a narrative through line that I wish they stuck with. But I'm still happy we got the happy ending. And I'm, I'm happy glad with the we saw outcome. that. Yeah, that like Seuss got to take over the Mystery Shack and Stan and Ford went and like um rekindled their bond as brothers and got mm. to and they got to go remake sail. the stano war oh. ship yeah it was great <laughs> uh, is there too much else to say about gravity falls i don't think so i think i think we got to move on yeah we, we we've been talking too anyway. much about gravity falls <laughs> let's move on to the show that ran because Gravity Falls walked. Yeah. The show <laughs> that made me want to do this episode. The show that when we were together um, mm -hmm. a few months ago. Or not a few months ago. <laughs> You're like, a month? Um, <laughs> like, three weeks ago. <laughs> Time is relative. Yeah. But when we were together, you were like, watch this show. And I was like, fine. I'll watch it on the airplane. I, I, I basically downloaded... sat you down and I was like, Sasha, this is made for you. Go yeah. watch it. Yep. <laughs> absolutely you hadn't finished the show at that point um mm -hmm. and you were like i i don't know how it ends but you need to watch it so <laughs> i downloaded the first four episodes to watch in the airplane and i got done with those and i was like i should have downloaded more episodes <laughs> this is so good um we are talking the owl house which wrapped up very recently like last very year recently last year um and it wrapped up because new uh new then and now former disney ceo i forgot his name but he was he replaced bob Iger, and then he was mm. replaced again by bob Iger because he sucked <laughs> um he uh canceled gravity falls because he said it doesn't fit the disney brand or the and you know what House. yeah oh, what did i say the gravity falls doesn't matter everyone knows what you were <laughs> yeah. talking about i meant the owl house i'm so sorry uh he canceled the owl house because it doesn't fit the disney brand and that is because it's gay it's queer yeah, it's a there's queer a gay show, relationship and in it he's a homophobe die <laughs> see um, i knew none of that i assumed season three was kind of condensed because of covid and animation mm. cutbacks but no. knowing Knowing that information now that it was a CEO canceling it, wow, that yeah. really sucks. No, cause... they had the whole third season planned, oh. um, and they had to they like condensed it. Well, they didn't have the whole third season planned. They have so how gra how I was gonna say Gravity Falls again. <laughs> how Owl House um, happened was the show premiered, and I think either before it premiered or just after the 
first episode after the pilot aired, it was, but very quickly, it was renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. So going into everything that happened in the first season, they already knew they were safe. They were getting a second season. Right. So that allowed them to go balls to the walls gay. And it was great. <laughs> and they were like, this is a kid's show for Disney, but we are going to do our damnedest. Yeah. And boy, did <laughs> We're going to do this right. We're going to do it right. Um, so and- I, I yeah. guess I should ask, I brought it to your attention that this show was gay. Did you guess the ship? Because I certainly didn't. Did I guess the ship? Of course I did. Who did I? Who else did I think was going to be? I it's thought a classic enemies to lovers ship. <laughs> I so what did you here's think? what I thought was going to happen. I my journey with this show is I binged all of Gravity Falls a billion times and I needed more and I heard the Owl House was similar and mm-hmm. I binged the Owl House like the first season and I thought for sure that Willow and Luz were going to end up together until. Oh. Amity got a little bit more character development. Like episode mm-hmm. five, I was like, oh no, no, it, it, it's Amity. Yeah. It's awesome. I, so go ahead and explain the show real quick and then I'll say Okay. So yeah, it's, uh, it's similar to Gravity Falls in that, well, it's not similar at all, but it's a kid's <laughs> show animated, similar team behind it. But it's about this uh, girl named Luz who doesn't really fit in with anybody she finds this portal to another world and she decides to just step on through because her life, it isn't great. Why not step through a portal? And she well, ends at up... at first she steps through because she's chasing someone. Oh, right, right. Somebody because because um, some, some weird-looking lady comes and steals her book and she chases <laughs> her through a portal. But she ends up staying and yeah. she ends up in the Boiling Isles, which is this magical town... It's a magical realm, up, I think. Yeah, it, but it's all made up within the skeleton of this giant beast that we will yeah. get into. It's and... like a, it's it's so cool. It's like a world, but instead of land, they just have the remains of a giant titan, <laughs> of a yeah. dead titan. And I'm like, that's sick. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> and she ends up staying in a house. That is somewhat alive. I think it's just the door that's alive. Love Hootie. That's the name of the door. But Hootie the owl in the owl house. <laughs> mm-hmm. She lives with Ida the owl lady and King. And they have a lot of adventures. She makes a lot of friends. Willow and Gus and Hunter and Amity. She becomes... I love that you included oh. Hunter as one of her <laughs> primary friends. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking... I just recently saw season three. I rewatched okay. it all, yeah, uh, all three fair. episodes. That's why I'm thinking I of Hunter, too. I want to do that. I want to rewatch No, no, I adore Hunter and his arc. But in the beginning, Hunter <laughs> is not in the show until season two. Yeah, Hunter, I think it's like um, Azula in The Last Airbender, where I think you see her once in season one, but she's not a character until season yeah, two. Yeah, you see him, I think, twice in season one, but he's fully masked. And you mm-hmm. don't you don't hear him talk or anything at all, or like move at all. Yeah, he, it looks so, like he could be a statue or something. But yeah, but yeah, so, that is the Owl House. The yeah, and the overarching plus. So the Owl House, I would say, um, it's a lot like Gravity Falls in that season one is very um, episodic, very mm, you know, somewhat. it's it's episodic think... in the like there's there's a 
plot of the episode and then it moves on. There is hmm. definitely an overarching plot, but uh, think, it's not unlike as prominent. Gravity Falls. I think there isn't a single episode of the Owl House that you shouldn't watch like every episode has at least one thing that ties in over into the overarching plot yeah unlike gravity falls where there's like some fun episodes that you could probably skip yeah the overarching plot is definitely there the whole time but it is in the background in season one Mm -hmm. and season two is where things really start to heat up oh my goodness don't even get me started on season three oh my (laughs) gosh okay um so the overarching plot is that I don't even know how to do it without <laughs> it, uh, do you spoilers. Want me to, it's very yeah. You do w- it. Do you, should we just get into spoilers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. it's very background for season one. Like you mm-hmm. barely recognize that there is a villain or a plot until it's thrown in your face in the finale, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, Emperor Bellos probably isn't a good person yeah. if someone's trying to rule this world. And the first time you see him, it's just like, oh, something's not right with you. Mm, You're not human or whatever the hell everyone else is. Like, you're not one of them. Yeah. And it turns out... I think their race is witch (laughs) because (laughs) they, they call, they're all, they all call each other witches. They say, because there's an episode where King goes into it and he's like, the three types of creatures on the boiling aisle, there's witches, there's, and then there's demons and then there's three subclasses of demons and i think that's it (laughs) so i was very confused with the lore of this universe and it wasn't the kind of confusing that was intriguing it was the confusing that was like i don't understand this until a moment in season two so yeah there was a lot of confusion with the lore but the moment that i understood it was when king was revealed to be a titan because i wasn't sure there was a lot of demons who could use magic and there was mm-hmm. demons who were like humanistic who could use magic and there were some demons who couldn't use magic and I was wondering the specifics of that and I was like why can't king use magic and it's mm-hmm. because he's not a demon most demons probably can like that I don't know yeah. why that specific thing was what clicked in my brain for a lot of this lore but that oh, just okay. that's the moment that it worked for me well there was the the episode that helped me, I mean, like, I understood most of the lore, and I understood that they were witches. So, basically, um, the witches on the Boiling Isles are different from humans in the way they look like humans, but they have pointy ears like elves, and they have a sack <laughs> attached to their heart called the Bile Sack that holds all of their magic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, magic comes from the heart. From a tumor on the heart. Yeah, yeah, from a bile sack attached to your heart, which is hilarious. (laughs) It was so funny. Um, And basically, Luz is a human. She cannot, she doesn't have a bile sack. So she can't do um, intrinsic magic. She has to, she wants to become a witch. She wants to stay on the boiling aisles and become a witch. So she has to figure out her own way. Uh, to do magic, which she does eventually, uh, which is so fun and interesting. Um, but there's an episode in season two where King is trying to figure out his uh, parentage. Um, and Hootie 
is helping him by explaining the types of creatures who live on the Boiling Isles. And I think he said there are witches and there are demons. And within demons, there's three subclasses. There's magic using demons. I forgot what they're called. And then there's like, uh, or I think they were like humanoid ones and they can use magic. And then there were ones like Hootie who are insects because Hootie is not an yeah. owl. He's no, a he's worm. a worm. <laughs> I love the moment, this is off topic, but where they're just like, I know how to defeat the owl, the bird, the tube, that thing. That thing, yeah. The worm, (laughs) tube thing. He's, I love it. And Hootie is like, almost, like, he's not all powerful, like, he doesn't have a bunch of powers, but he's almost undefeatable. Yeah, if someone tries to defeat him, they are going to lose, no matter who it is. (laughs) Like, that, that's how it works. And Hootie is also the most annoying character ever. And they spend, like, the first season and a half hating Hootie until <laughs> Lilith is like, I'm going to become best friends with Hootie. And it's Hoots the most wholesome thing. <laughs> Hoots and Lilith. <laughs> I, I lied so earlier. There is one person who can defeat him because he's de- dispatched of in the third season. And when he comes oh, back, yeah. he has the anime eyes as he looks back at Lilith. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved his dramatic self so much. And it's so good. Um, yeah, so the first season has a lot of mystery, especially around mm. uh Ida, Ida the Owl Lady. Mm. Um and, and there's a great because, episode where it's revealed that she has a curse that turns her into an owl. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy to on. guess a lot of the reveals, but I did like that one. Yeah. It's like it's really interesting this show because from the pilot I like unlike Gravity Falls because I wasn't hooked from the pilot of Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. but from the pilot I was hooked because the first thing that they do is um, Luz comes to the Boiling Isles, meets Ida and King and Hootie, and then um, Ida is arrested and taken to the Conformatorium, <laughs> which. I love things that are on the nose. That was mm-hmm. excellent. <laughs> like, and it's so trying to like, stop wild magic yeah, so that they yeah. can conform. You have to conform to one of, what was it, 12 Yeah, covens? nine or 12 or something nine, like that. Nine, I think it was nine. And you have to be, um, by decree of Emperor Balos, who's only been emperor for like 30 years or something. Yeah. Um, it's like as long as the Empire in Star Wars. It's like not that long. Um, sorry, not as long as the Empire. The Empire is only 19 years old. As long as the New Republic before <laughs> the First Order takes over. Whatever. Um, yeah, you know, mo- you know more than me. <laughs> just, I just know things and they stick in my brain and they can't leave and then I forget <laughs> important things like when I should do my taxes. Um, <laughs> See, that's the same for me, but with random batman villains names like i don't need to know jervis tetch's name i don't need that i don't even I know do. who that is but i know that's Calendar the mad hatter Man's name. Oh. <laughs> oh, i know julian day yeah <laughs> anyway what was i talking about oh yeah the conformatorium yes so, so um ida doesn't want to conform to a coven she wants to practice all types of magic so she is on the run and she is arrested for that very reason. Um, and taken to the conformatorium. And basically the whole first episode is very heavy with the theme of um, we shouldn't have to conform to what everyone wants. The weird kids should 
do weird stuff and we should all be ourselves because we're all individual and cool and you know is very very kid like but um it's a good message for kids yeah. and as the show goes on like the first episode it, it puts it out there very um very heavily but it goes on to really make good on that theme mm -hmm. as well as a bunch of other themes but that theme is very important I think one the thing the Owl House does well is no matter how on the nose they are with the themes, they always drive them home really well. Just yeah. like the whole theme of outsiders sticking together. They sit, they state that exact phrase multiple times, but it still so, works. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and then, so Luz eventually goes to magic school and meets um, some mm. other young witches yeah. named... A lot of season one was about her getting into school, getting into which magic I liked. School. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't immediately get in. She doesn't get there until like halfway through season one. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she meets Willow, the, um, the nature <laughs> coven witch, and she meets Gus, the illusionist witch and she meets amity the oh, abomination goodness. witch and um, the character development on all three is immediate but mm -hmm. most of all for amity oh my yeah. goodness the character development amity starts out very draco malfoy <laughs> very uh enemy very i don't like you you're not good enough to be a witch we are um we are enemies. <laughs> um, and if you rewatch that first season with it in mind that Amity has feelings for Luz, I, I think a lot of it is very apparent as to why she's attacking oh, it Luz. Totally is. That's why I can't that's why I cannot believe you didn't guess the ship. Because yeah. eventually Luz and Amity become a couple and fall in love and it is glorious. And but it happens very quickly too. Like, they set that up by the end of season one. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. But they're just in a relationship. And for the rest of the show, they are in a solid relationship. They are in a solid relationship once they get together. But I don't think it's season one. It, it might think, be season two. I think season one, we find out about Amity's crush on Luz. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think they get together till like, near the beginning of season two. You might be right. Yeah, the end of season, there's like, there's, there's a bunch of instances where you're like, okay, so I, I knew that there was a gay ship going into the show. So I was on mm. the lookout and I <laughs> could tell from the beginning, as soon as they introduced this mean little girl with a pixie cut, I was like, obviously it's going to be her. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, we're doing enemies to lovers. I love it. Um, and there are a bunch of uh moments where Luz like accidentally looks in on Amity like when she's alone or when Amity is like by herself and she's mm -hmm. like contemplating things in her mind and she's always thinking about Luz. And I yep. was like and I was like, how do you not get that? That's just gonna <laughs> be that it's gonna be them. And then at the end of season one there is a prom episode <sighs> where Oh my god, so good. Uh, it's I, not really prom. It's grom. Yeah, it's grom. Uh, 
and it's not fun at all but <laughs> it's not fun it's about fighting a demon but um but they have some stellar like anime level animation in this show oh, and so good. a lot of them are just devoted to amity and lose not even fighting but just like interacting with each other or dancing yeah. in the grom episode there's a moment where they kiss in season three and they poured their they, budget into the animation for that so hard it was <laughs> it's so like, good the animation is excellent and mm. like that's another thing um the animation in this show like i was saying before with gravity falls like this show even more so it is constantly changing Yes, Things there do is not no status stay the quo. same in this show, and I love that. The first thing that, um, the first time it happened, I was surprised. And the first time that something changed within a character design in the show was, um, what I think it was the end of season one, honestly, because like things would change briefly, but then they would go back. Um, but I think for it me, was, it was oh, when Amity dyed her hair. Oh, that that was in season two, but I think the in season one the big thing was the magic school outfits. Luz got a magic school outfit, yes. and it changed multiple times in that episode, mm-hmm. and then it stayed changed. Um, and she and it, she got the, the rainbow uniform. Outfit. Yeah, <laughs> excellent, representing all covens because she wanted to study all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um. Then what's it called? And then at the end of season one where Ida and Lilith are fighting. So Lilith is Ida's sister. And Lilith cursed Ida with her owlbear curse as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, and... this fight, stellar animation. Probably oh the God. best animation in the entire show. Like it's this, crazy. Ida versus Lilith. Holy that crap, one, I love this. Also, I, think, I think also um, in the finale. The animation in the finale yeah. is stellar. They, they just um, pop off. Yeah. I guess Honestly, every finale episodes, has great animation. Yeah. Every finale. I, I agree. Honestly. Which um, season three, all three episodes, they count as finales to me. Yeah. They are. No, the season three is one long finale. It's because mm-hmm. they got canceled and it was basically a movie split up into three episodes. So. And knowing that they got canceled and that's the story, I am so glad that they got to finish their story off right. Yeah. Even though I still wish we got a full season three. Yeah. I wish that they, happened. They found out in the middle of season two. So I think there's... I think I might be wrong, but off the top of my head, I think it's the episode after Luz promises her mother that she's going to come back to the real world. I think it's the episode after that where she and Amity mm. are already together and um, she, uh, Amity and Willow are trying to be friends again. I think that might be the episode. I think that's the first episode where they knew that season three would only have three episodes and it would be their last season. That actually makes a lot of sense because I remember there being a very long break and that's where I kind of dropped off of watching it weekly because I was mm-hmm. watching this show weekly as it was coming out. Oh, wow. But that reminds me of a lot, and this is the last time I will mention Gravity Falls, but the journey of that was the, and it wasn't solely Alex Hirsch who was behind this, but I just remember him talking about it in an interview, but he originally had three seasons planned for Gravity Falls, and then Mm -hmm. 
a lot of fans guessed the twist. So he said, you know, he just decided, you know what, I'm going to condense it all into one season oh. so that I can finish the story right. And okay. I think that was the clearly the right decision. Whereas Owl House, I feel like, was affected entirely different from cancellation from outside sources. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's it another thing of... Choice. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like they were forced to make this decision rather than, oh, let me actually make this story better yeah. in an, well, they in an had, interpretation. They had completely different plan for the um, the creator, or is that what he was called? What is it? The collector. Yeah. They had a totally different plan for the collector. Um, he was going to be in season three, but it, or they were going to be different. It was yeah. going to be a different story. Um, it's wrapped up pretty neatly by the end, yeah. but it's clear that that's not the story they were going to tell initially. Yeah, but it works. It really No, it works. definitely works. And they did an amazing job uh finishing it out but um yeah at the end of season one the thing that showed me that it that the show is committed to change and committed to progressing was um at the end of season one uh Ida and Lilith fight and then Lilith gives up and is like you know what I'm wrong I cursed you I deserve to be cursed and so she takes half of the curse onto herself and both of their eyes change. Ida's eyes go from both being yellow to one being yellow, or both being gray to one being yellow and one being gray. And then Lilith's eyes goes from both being green or blue, I think, to Something one like being that, blue yeah. and one being gray. And I was like, oh, we're changing character designs <laughs> here. Okay. And then season two, constantly changing. Amity's yeah, hair changes. Think... Willow's hair changes. Um, um, uh, Gus gets taller. Yeah, um, Gus goes uh, through puberty. I think season two starts out right from the get-go. Lilith is living in the Owl House yeah, with them. Like, Lilith's, new status quo. Lilith's costume design changes multiple times, and her mm -hmm. hair changes, and oh, it yeah. changes color. And, and I love that color. whole thing with Lilith's hair where she clearly straightens it and dyes it, but as yeah. she slowly starts to care less about the influence of Emperor Bellos, then she just lets her hair be curly and orange like it yeah. used to be. Oh, it's so good. Good. And um, Luce's hair, especially at, towards the end of season two, oh. where they're on the run and then into season three, mm. her hair gets like like longer. It shows the passage of time. Her hair is always in this short cut. And then those times yeah. it gets longer. Her clothes change. She gets a new She gets really long hair three. in season yeah. three. Holy crap. She doesn't get to keep it, but it's cool looking. But it is cool. I know it's all cool and it's sick. When and does Luz get the scar? I've completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so Luz gets the scar at the end of season two. I don't know if it was the last episode or the second to last episode, um, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was in a fight with Bellows. Okay, that that makes um, sense. But it might. I love have been, the scar though. It looks bad. I love it. It's sick. <laughs> but it might have been at the end when she's flying through the door when King lets her go. It might be that. I I don't know. But it stays. She gets a scar and it stays on her face. Like that's crazy. And it's clearly they have a thing in season three where they're like watching this anime movie and Luz look like looks like the villain. Like I love yeah. that, but I just love like the badass look of the scar. But yeah. so I I, I want to talk about some of the characters in the Owl House because there's no true villain. 
I think Emperor Bellos is one just stuck up little boy. That's all he is to me. But he, really? he, he even he gets some character development. Development, I say hesitantly because they kind of explain where he's coming from and that's it. But there's well, no he... true villain in this show. I disagree. I think I think Bellos is a villain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he's I, a very clear antagonist in the narrative. Yeah, I think I think the one who is thought to be a villain and not actually a villain would be um, the collector at the yes. end, because the collector is, after all, just a child who doesn't understand life and death and doesn't understand morality. And so how can he possibly know that he's hurting people if he doesn't understand what hurt is? Mm. So and he doesn't understand that everything is not his toy to play with. Yeah, if you get um, everything you want, you're going to be a terrible person. Yeah, and if just... you're an all-powerful child who was kicked out by your family, <laughs> like... Oh my god. You don't understand moral mortality and morality. There's a lot of lore that I want to get into with the Collector, but the way... I mean, he's introduced as in shadow a lot of the time, but when he gets because because they were imprisoned, yeah, in what, in that thing by by sheer, King's father. <laughs> just, oh my goodness, the sheer King's power father and that he mother. Has. Oh yeah, I am king and queen's best of both things. I am king of queen, <laughs> king and queen, best of both things. <laughs> but so yeah, good. the collector just splats emperor bellos against a wall and then he takes a moon and just kind of moves it to the side yeah and that's the moment where i'm like okay i knew you oh were powerful God, but holy shit dude yeah that was that was intense um yeah. i remember my jaws bellos, being dropped at that scene yeah because of because of in the finale episode um loose and uh ida and king are trying to teach the collector like Death is a real thing, um, mm. and that um, you need to uh, forgive people. Forgiveness and, and use kindness, kindness mm. is um, is how to go about your life. And so the collector goes up to Bellows, who has <laughs> taken over the body of the Titan. That is the island that they live yeah. on. Badass. And, and Love goes, that. And goes, I forgive you. And then he... <laughs> hits him away and it's just like and loses like that doesn't always work and i'm like that is so real because you yep. can't just preach to live your entire life in forgiveness and kindness and um let people walk all over you because that will happen people have um people have dark and twisted ideas and some people do not deserve your kindness and that is who Bellos is. Yeah, in that moment where the collector was just like, hey, you just explained it to me. I thought I was doing a good thing. And Lou was just like, hey, you you did the exact perfect thing. I love what you're doing, it but this just, is more complicated. It was more complicated, and this is not the right person. So yeah. He doesn't deserve that. But he I just is, love that the sentiment of, no, you did the right thing. You're yeah. just not to the right person. Yeah. And mm. that is... That is so important for children to learn because so many, so many children's media is like, you have to always be kind and always forgive and always um, say please and thank you and do this thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. people are horrible. And you know, children know that. Children yeah. go through things, okay? Lots of bad things happen to children all the time. Some people are awful. just rotten to the core. 
like some Emperor Bellows. Some people don't deserve your forgiveness. No. And Okay, since we're talking about how terrible Bellos is, we need to talk about Hunter. Um, yes. <laughs> Holy crap. So, do you want to talk about Hunter, or do you want me to? I, I have a very small grasp on what Hunter even is, because I'm okay. guessing he's a clone of Emperor Bellos's older brother mm-hmm. from so, back in, like, the 1600s, yeah. and he's made a bunch of those clones, and they've all failed, Am I getting this right? That's exactly right. So what so what it is is that um the way that Bellos came to this world, he is human and he uh he was a witch hunter back in like mm-hmm. the 1600s. And his brother fell in love with somebody who named Caleb. His brother was named Caleb mm-hmm. and he fell in love with somebody from the Boiling Isles and named went Evelyn. to go live there. Yeah, named Evelyn and went to go live there. And um Bellos followed him or his name was philip but he yes. followed him and he was so disgusted by the world and by magic and his brother refused to come back with him so he killed his brother and then once he started to discover runes and how to do magic and how to create um different things i forget exactly what it's called Ooh, my air the, the glyphs no not the glyphs um what hunter is i forget oh exactly. uh, grimwalker Grimwalker, thank you. Mm-hmm. So Hunter is a Grimwalker, which is after Bellos killed his brother Caleb, he created um, he created a Grimwalker, a clone of him, and he raised him from a child. And apparently, every time this um, this Grimwalker betrays Bellos because he finds out that Bellos is evil and he betrays him and he uh, chooses magic. He chooses to fight for what is right. And every single time, Bellos kills the Grimwalker. Like dozens, if not a hundred times. Hundreds. He's been alive for thousands of years. So, um, so Hunter goes into... There's an episode where Hunter and Luce go into... Bellos's mind and it's a crazy episode it's so good um mm. and hunter is he's he's a kid who is it's a really good example of a kid who's someone who grew up learning all of the wrong lessons and they're so um, indoctrinated into that propaganda mm-hmm. exactly he's so indoctrinated into this life it's the only thing he's ever known he is he is abused his whole life he right. grows up being in this army being in the emperor's coven which is an army and he is forced to um you know always work never have a day off um study magic even though he can't do magic because Mm -hmm. he's a grimwalker of a human so he can't do magic like other witches can he even has this just side comment joke where he talks about going down a mountain it, it all in like one night and he's being attacked by monsters and then yeah. steve one of the coven or not one of the just scouts is just like hey man that was terrible by the way love steve yeah. what a great guy no steve was great <laughs> um but there was it was one um oh it was it was the episode where he was trying to recruit uh willow and gus and a bunch of other people to be in the emperor's coven with him and they go, how could you just betray us like this and capture us? And he and he was, and they were like, we thought you were our friend. And he was like, 
friends betray each other all the time. That's what yeah. happens in the Emperor's Coven. <laughs> Everyone hates each other. Isn't yeah. that what friends is? And it's like, it's so sad. His life is so sad. And he genuinely um, believes it too. Like It, and he, it yeah. sucks. He genuinely believes it. And he genuinely believes that it's a privilege to get to sleep in until 645. And I was like, bro. <laughs> But he gets a lot of character development, specifically with um, Blackjack. What is Black his name? Jack. Is it Blackjack? I think no. It's something like that. It's 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 his little it's his little uh, yeah. bird. Oh, what's it called? What are they called? A palisman. Palisman. Thank you. I was gonna say talisman. Mm. Palisman. <laughs> um, God, his name isn't Blackjack. Do you want to know something, something like that. crazy that I found out online after? What? That palisman was Evelyn's talisman. Caleb's love. Okay. And that's why it was lost in okay. the Bat Queen. <laughs> okay. 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 So I have a note here that what I didn't think was that important, but because I thought it was just Emperor Bellows like um projecting onto Luz or maybe even the talisman cuz it's a moment where Emperor Bellows in season 3 episode 1 is looking at Luz or maybe he's even looking at the talisman and he says goodbye Evelyn. Yeah. What does I that mean? I think it's the talisman because he says goodbye Evelyn because that's Evelyn's talisman and he kills it. He kills. Oh. And he that did break and my it. It was freaking awful. heart. And then when, oh my gosh, when he was holding, when uh, Hunter was holding the Palisman mm. as it died, what's his name? Not Blackjack. It's not Blackjack. It's, I don't know what it's it something like Blackjack. I know. Can you look it up? I can't. I'm, I'm looking it up. Like... But he's he's holding it and watching it die. And the Palisman is like not, uh, it doesn't blame Hunter at all. He is like, I love you, and he goes into Hunter, and he gives Hunter his magic. So Hunter is able to um, do the. He basically is like the Flash. He has super speed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's he got like to. a boost ability in yeah, Mario like a, Kart. Like a fast elf. Yeah. <laughs> but the name's Flapjack, by the way. Flapjack, that's what it is. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Flapjack dying made me cry, and there is many moments in season three where I cried oh just hundreds. full on and it's only three episodes <laughs> yeah but when hunter the way that hunter deals with um his death with um i flapjack but i kind of mm. forgot again. we already um, forgot it with flapjack's death um was so interesting oh. and um and he just like I, he's shaking off the emperor's influence in his body and he's yeah. just like arguing and with him the entire time so traumatized and scarred yeah. Um, and he never really recovers, even as no, the show I mean, ends. Like, he's still clearly hurt about I it. I mean, how do you recover from your whole life? Like, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. can't. That's that's a part of him, and that's so that's so valuable to to portray. Mm-hmm. As, like, this is a kid who li- lives with trauma. So do all of them, by the way. Yeah, They're all the, every living single with one trauma. Yeah. Amity. Especially now that oh, in boy. season three they're in the Earth world away from their families. Like Luz yeah. gets to be back with her mom. I want to talk about Camilla because holy Cam- crap, slay Camilla! I love her. <laughs> um, but Luz is so depressed in mm. um, season three, and she just blames herself for everything. Yeah, and Amity's family situation is 
Oh boy! And um, <laughs> we haven't uh, talked about uh, V at all, but she. I, oh, I figured yeah. um, fake lose would be a bit more of a plot point, but she was fun. I liked I her think character. It, I think I don't know if this is true, but I think it was because of the cancellation that they wrapped it up I'm so quickly. I'm almost. But certain. that was so scary the first time that I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And when I saw Camilla writing. Letter reading letters that were sent to her from Luz, but we know that Luz hasn't been sending her letters. And yeah. I was like, what? But what it was the on? time. It was the time when you see Camilla talking to someone, and they come out of and the her face is in shadow. Luz, and I'm like, oh my god! I was literally <laughs> who the scared. fuck are you? I watched that at night. I do remember that, and I almost screamed. I was very. I was like, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if we'll even mention it again, but I did like that mystery element, and I'm, I'm positive it was going to be something yeah. more. But, but I, I, I did like being, V's character. It ended up being V. They're super cool, and mm. they're also very traumatized and sad. They were grown <laughs> up in a lab, um, and and they weren't impersonating Luz for malicious reasons just they wanted a home and they got one because they get to live with Luz and Camilla and mm. that was cool. I don't know why this also just came to mind but um V's friend Basha or Masha great uh-huh. they wanted to use every name but yours because <laughs> Basha is another one of the villains Basha is or the like character. the bullies yeah <laughs> Basha's the three-eyed cheerleader, not cheerleader, yeah. the three-eyed, um... Grudge player. Grudge B, that's it, thank <laughs> you. I was like, what is it? It's making fun of Quidditch, that's what it is, but I don't remember what No, it's that called. one's like, they have another game where it's making fun of Quidditch. They they have multiple games, although... Yeah, but when they introduce Grudge B, they're just like, they're just like... It's a magic game. Why would the only thing we do is bring balls back and forth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did like the joke in whatever episode, season one, where they're playing that grudge me match and they're fighting as hard as they can. And then someone on the other team finds this gold thing floating yeah. around. They're like, oh, we win. It's like, oh, yeah, you didn't know that? If you find this thing, you immediately win. Yeah, you immediately win and get 10,000 points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they're that like, fun. that's so stupid. <laughs> It just nullifies everything we did beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's almost like I, social commentary or something. <laughs> hmm. So I can't think of any good transition into talking about Camilla, but I really want to talk about her. Do it. Mainly the dream sequence where we see her in context of what we've already seen in this mm-hmm. show, but it's her POV. It just had no right being as good as it was. I mean, just maturity-wise. Yeah. No, and it was so... um, It was so insightful into Camilla as a character because you're sitting there and you're like, all we really know about her is the first episode where she wants to send Luce to a (laughs) think-inside-the-box summer camp that is worryingly like conversion therapy camp. (laughs) And... It, those parallels are not subtle at all. <laughs> and it really gives you some context into her character. And you're like, oh, this this makes sense. Like, why the why she would think this. And the fact that she is a literal closet nerd. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I've seen I've seen some videos, so I'm trying to be careful not to like <laughs> exactly copy what I've heard other people say, but um I've seen a lot of analysis videos on Camilla and on Hunter, which are there and also Amity and Luce, obviously. But obviously. <laughs> um but Camilla's um psychological process like it it makes a lot of sense and then all of that stuff about Luce's dad dying and um the azura books being her like only connection to him that hit me and hard. Then that's what that's what led her to the boiling aisles in the first place because ida took her book and that was just oh my god <laughs> It was, I cried a lot during these three episodes <laughs> in season three. Yeah. It was like, it was really good. Now that we're on to season three, I do want to talk about Luz's Palisman, but also just crying moments yes. is when the Palisman came out and Luz was just like, I just want to be understood. I, 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 oh my I had that God. like single tear shed, but full yeah. on bawling was the ending of the show. So... Like that montage Oh my god. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. So the so so season 3 starts with a montage as well. The, the it intro. Starts the intro to oh gosh, they changed the intro song and at first you're like, "Oh my gosh, what are they going to do? What are they what are they doing to this?" And I just found something really weird on my floor, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eyeball. It was super weird. Hmm. Um so they change the intro, but then it starts going on and on and on and on. And it is, you realize it is this whole montage of what they would have done with the first half of season three if they were not cut short. And that, I was like, oh my God. There's a lot of montages <laughs> so... that happen in season three. And you can yeah. tell that they're there... like supposed to be an entire episode. Right. But nevertheless like they got the point across they did everything really well all of the emotion and all the journeys that the characters were going mm -hmm. on while they especially while all the witches were stuck so all of the children witches are stuck in the uh mortal oh, yeah. on realm earth. with on earth with um camilla Luce's mom mm -hmm. and um everyone else is uh has been captured by the collector uh, back in the Boiling Isles. So it is very tense. Luce is very depressed. Um, but even so, like her and Amity's relationship grows and Luce comes out to her mom in this montage and uh, Hunter and Gus become better friends. They, and, they you know, bond okay, over you know, a Star look, Trek parody. They bond over a Star Trek ripoff that Camilla is obsessed with. <laughs> and honestly, like... I know I I'm not mad at it. There are a lot of people that don't like it for some reason. Um, that Hunter and Willow were paired together. Mm, at I thought the it end. was cute, but I thought it was cute. But honestly, what I saw coming was Hunter and Gus. I was like, they're kind of they kind of got some chemistry. But also, I understand why not because Gus is canonically like two years younger. Than the rest of them and hunters canonically like a year older than the rest of them so that's like in a decade that's fine that's like a but not right. right now not not as kids that's weird <laughs> yeah. but back to the intro um, because i i gotta talk about yeah. it because disney plus gave me the option to skip it and i was just <gasps> like what the hell 
<laughs> Those bastards. Oh my god, that that should be a crime. And it was like, That's ridiculous. The Lumity Presents screen was coming on and it was like, do you want to skip this? And I was like, I think the fuck not. <laughs> And it said, yeah, the fact that they called it Lumity. Yeah, and they, it was lose oh it. God. It was lose coming out to her mom as by like in that montage. Yeah. Uh, everything was perfect. Oh, it was amazing. And it was so, it was so sweet. So blah blah blah. They defeat Bellos. Mm. The collector becomes good. King, King <laughs> slays, and he gets his power as a titan. But also loose at the end dies she dies she comes back but 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 she she dies dies. for a sec and they make a point with that that's how they teach the collector what death is (laughs) and it was tragic uh even though i knew that loose was gonna and loose gets some awesome powers from tight or from king's father who has like a hoodie thing in his eye i don't know what that is yeah i don't know know what that was either that was super interesting (laughs) but loses titan form was absolutely incredible it was a sleigh it was so cool she looked super hot i'm she was a (laughs) kid she's a kid but like she still looked super hot and she was awesome when she comes down and she starts like waving these different colored glyphs around the anime it's just super awesome anime moments and they had a Mm -hmm. bunch of them i want to be clear when I say hot, I mean cool, as in the Paris Hilton hot. Like, that's hot. <laughs> Not, like, sexy, because she's a child. Yeah, she is canonically, what, <laughs> 16 or 17? No, she she was, uh, I think, during the show, 14. Because at the end, they say... At the end, they have a quinceañera mm-hmm. for, for Luce. And... Um, they say you spent your 15 cleaning up the boiling aisles and your se- and your 16th and your 17th so we're giving you a quinces for your 18th <laughs> yeah i i thought is, that yeah. they were making a point of it that she like stayed there prolonged for a couple of years but i could have been reading that wrong no in the be- in like the first two seasons or, yeah just over the course of the entire show Okay, no. So the course of the entire show, I think, is supposed to be not including season three. I think the first two seasons is supposed to be like summer and then half of a year of school. Okay. Something like that. Because um, she's there for the whole summer and then she realizes, oh, my mom's <laughs> probably worrying about me. I should maybe go back home. But she, but Bellas destroys the portal so they don't have a portal anymore. So I thought a lot she's more trying time to find a had passed in season two, but I, I probably read that way yeah. wrong. I mean, I think a little bit of time definitely passed um, while they were on the run because like we saw her, like her hair is getting longer mm-hmm. and costumes were changing and... Uh, by the time she gets back to the mortal realm with Camilla, Camilla and V have like settled into a routine, you can tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a little bit of time, but it's not years because they they what they mean at the end, like you spent your quinces cleaning up, you spent your uh, 15 cleaning up the boiling aisles, like after all the Belos and the collector right. stuff. But yeah, they. Yeah. Belos becomes the ultimate villain in season three, which I love him infecting yeah. the Titan. Mm-hmm. I and that just final battle. It was, it, 
It was mm-hmm. awesome. The, it was animated so well. And the fact that, like, we had all these other characters that we love, of course, but the fact that they brought the final fight back to the original three, the Owl House, uh, Luz, Ida, and King. And it was great. Yeah. I loved it. And the ending with, like, a fake out of Luz almost going to college, but you know it's in the boiling aisles. Yeah, yeah, she's going to college in the boiling aisles. I was like, no way she's going to college without Amity. Yeah. I will riot in the streets. (laughs) And, like, maybe it's been a long time. No, the last time she saw him was, like, a week ago. Yeah, there was just, like, I just had to go to graduation. (laughs) But she did canonically go back and finish school in the mortal realm. She She didn't do witch school. She didn't finish witch school, which is, that's a bold move, mm-hmm. especially since most of the series is about her going to witch school. <laughs> but I liked it because she went back, she finished mortal school, and then she's going to college at uh, Ida's new wild magic college where she oh is the God. headmaster. And it's amazing. Like, I was already crying oh at this moment because everyone had a cool new glow up. And then... Yeah, everyone looks... awesome (laughs) Ida comes out as the headmaster and i just like i I just started bawling and after after that character after character was shown bump the principal or previous principal was shown gardening bump is hilarious (laughs) yeah we haven't talked about him but he is great you know who we also haven't talked about rain oh my goodness i can't believe we haven't talked about them i love them they're so awesome (laughs) they're great so so rain is um ida's childhood love or like teenage Mm -hmm. love um who uh they they were separate they became um the head of what was bard magic not a bard magic Mm. thank you it wasn't i was thinking illusion for some reason no they became the head of the bard magic coven and um, this caused Ida to believe that they were on the side of Bellows. Um, but they were not. They were working mm-hmm. against Bellows the whole and time. And for a brief period, and you think that Rain is being, like, corrupted? Being mind-controlled. But every time like, Rain goes to yeah. drink whatever uh, mind-control thing is, they blow on it and the magic goes. Yeah. It's such a cool touch. They're, they're so smart. Um, and I love Rain, and they're really awesome. There's a whole episode that's a flashback about um, them and Ida meeting as kids, and it's just, ugh, it, what a love story, honestly. <laughs> like, it was so good. And then by the end, um, I'm pretty sure Rain has moved into the Owl I'd hope so. With Ida. Oh, yeah. Th- there's that moment where they're, like, cuddling in Ida's nest. That was great. Yeah! Oh my gosh. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ida has a nest. She doesn't have like a bed because she's an owl it's bear. Just sticks and I don't know what else. When it, honestly, in season one, the first time she transformed, I was like, oh my God, are we doing D&D? Is she an owl bear? This is awesome. <laughs> this pretty much is just a massive owl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that the ending montage or whatever you want to call it, where they're just flying through the city. Yeah, it shows perfect. everyone, and then, yeah, King is getting stronger with his powers, and uh, the Collector is, you know, gone, but still a friend, and came and gave Luz some <laughs> stars for her birthday. <laughs> I love it. And they got they gathered everyone together just so they could say bye. Loved it. Yeah. 
Oh my god. And I've I've been looking at a bunch of stuff about uh, you know, like different fan theories and different things. What could this have meant? What could this have meant? But um, the creators have been like confirming some things, but they've also been saying, I don't want to, I don't want to say yes or no to any of these few things because we always have the hope that we can do more in the future. So I don't know. I really <laughs> hope the Owl House comes back because I will be the number one fan. I will buy a Lumity t-shirt and I will be watching every week if it comes back. <laughs> or maybe even three seasons in a movie. Three seasons in a movie! <laughs> let's, let's start yes. it. Our ten followers of Just Cause. <laughs> three seasons in a movie. Yes. Get it. Get it. If you get it trending, we'll give you a thousand dollars. I don't know how we'll pull it together, but we'll do it. Yeah. A thousand dollars is a lot to us. I don't know if that... That <laughs> <laughs> tells you where we are, honestly. <laughs> hey, hey, no. We're both adults. We just had our birthdays. We have very close birthdays. Yeah. Um, so we're, we are both 23 now. <laughs> we so got rent to pay. We're, we're real adults <laughs> now. <laughs> but... I guess I should move on to the shout-outs because we can't really spend too much time on them because this episode is already yeah, long yeah, yeah. enough. I mean, <laughs> I, I have one that I'll probably save for the consumption corner, but I want to talk about briefly Over the Garden Wall, which is by the same creator oh, yeah. as Adventure Time. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it 100%. So I'm definitely going to mention this again because we've talked about episodes in the October Halloween mood. And I watch yes. this show, I rewatch it every October. It's about mm -hmm. 10 episodes, you could binge it in a day. And it's a, it's a show, I'm not going to spoil too much, but it is really allowed to be scary. Like, it is truly mm -hmm. terrifying at parts. But I love every episode has the twist that it, not everything is what it seems. Some things are fun, okay. some things are actually scary. Christopher Lloyd plays a character who is genuinely allowed to be terrifying. It's great. Hmm. That's fun. I guess before I move on, do you uh, have any shout-outs? Um, I'm trying to think of ones that are kids shows. <laughs> I don't watch that many uh, animated kids shows. So come back to me. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to churn my brain. <laughs> so another one I've watched all the way through is Steven Universe. Yeah, of course. Everyone talks about how good it is, and it's one that I was just like, yeah, it can't be as good as everyone says. And it, it is. It is as good as everyone says. Yeah, that's another one that I have not watched yet. I will watch it eventually, I'm sure. I've watched some episodes of Adventure Time. I just haven't seen all of them. Um, that's not really a shout out, but that's just like one of the OGs adventure time. Oh, yeah. Like recently I've gone through and rewatched it all from beginning to end. Sorry. It's fantastic. Were you talking about Steve? Were you talking about Steven universe? And I just said adventure time. Yeah. I'm so Oh no, sorry. you're good. I'm <laughs> I thought we were talking about two separate things, but let's talk about two separate yeah. things. They're very much two separate things. People have been telling me to watch Steven Universe forever. Mm. It's another one that walked so Owl House could run. I definitely yes. know that. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of things that happen in it. I just haven't seen there it. There is a movie for Steven Universe, and every time I watch it, it makes me cry. Unfortunately, really? you can't really watch the movie without spoiling the show, or at least, like, mm. crucial elements in the first couple seasons of the show. Yeah. But... 
Yeah, that makes sense. That happens a lot. Yeah. All of it is <laughs> well worth a watch. Okay. Cool. Now talk about the one I know that you've been waiting to talk about. My Do Adventures <laughs> with Superman. Yes. <laughs> so I really enjoyed this show. Week to week I watched it and it was really, really fun. I love watching a Superman that's clearly inspired by anime. And it's the real comic book Superman who's always, no matter what he's doing, trying to do good. And he is doing that good with every breath that he takes. He is doing good. And I love to see that. But mm -hmm. the one thing that really surprised me was the finale. Because there was a two-part really fun event before the finale where Superman fought a bunch of his villains. And it was it was fun, but it was no finale thing. And I was expecting just another fun episode but I'm not going to spoil it, but the finale really, really blew me away. That's all I'll yeah. say. I, I've heard from so many people that my adventures with Superman are really good and I need to watch it. We all know how I feel about Superman. So I... I, I think it might convince this, you otherwise. Maybe this will help me. Maybe this will help me. I, I desperately want to like Superman. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I will... I will watch this at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's all out no there. You can just binge it. Anytime soon. But I will watch it. I promise that. Yeah. I think, unless you have anything else to say about that, I think we should move on to our uh, consumption corner. Yes. I mean, shout out Avatar The Last Airbender. Last OG. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> Everybody knows about that one. <laughs> on to the consumption corner, where we're just starved for content. Starved. No, no. <laughs> So, Sasha, what have you been consuming lately? I just watched the brand new movie, Bottoms. Oh my god, go see this movie. It's so goddamn funny. How did you see it? Is it in a theater near you? Yes! Oh. Is it not near no. you? Oh, no! Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Drive the two hours, go see it. It's <laughs> I, I just it. might. It's I've heard so, so many good things. funny. It is... My favorite type of comedy. Um, I won't spoil it for you because you haven't seen it yet and you absolutely should. Um, but it is the best type of comedy where it is realistic situations and realistic... I mean, not realistic situations, <laughs> but it is understandable situations and understandable comedy in an absurdist world. Everything in the world is absurd. It is hilarious i love it so much and i i genuinely think the new 2023 edition girls sleepover is now going to be comprised of the movies do revenge barbie and bottoms <laughs> those are the movies you watch at girls sleepovers now that's it yes. okay and it's going to create also, a better the OGs, generation like, yes the ogs of course like mean girls and clueless but come on these new these are we're eating so well, okay? <laughs> it's like, it's so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a couple shows that I've been watching week to week that I want to talk about. The first of which is mm -hmm. Fiona and Cake. It's an Adventure Time spinoff. And I figured oh. it would be kid-friendly, but there is blood and swearing in it. Not too much. It's very light, but it's Sick. there. And I also... I'm not going to spoil too much, but I didn't think it would be so connected to Adventure Time lore. And, like, immediately, it is... It's memorable characters. Okay. That's all I'll say about it. And it's coming out week to week. It's fun. Do you got anything? 
Anything else? Um, let me think. I was, oh, I was just watching something. And it was really good, too. I hope it was Ahsoka. It was Ahsoka. <laughs> yes. No, I haven't. It was Ahsoka, but not the newest episode. I haven't seen the newest episode yet. We can't. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Don't say anything. I need to watch it. All I will I say told you... is... Don't say anything. <laughs> episode 5, the episode that's coming out next week, is going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by Dave okay. Filoni. That's okay. all I'm going to say, but we out. will I talk about you. it because we have to. Yes, we will. I told you how busy I was. I barely had time to finish Gravity Falls. I really want to watch Ahsoka. I have to do it. It's happening. Um, I'm about to start my Percy Jackson reread because the show is coming out soon in December. So excited. And more er- and earlier than that, the sixth Percy Jackson and the Olympian book is coming out at the end of next month. Oh. Or at the end of this month. So... Everyone do your Percy Jackson homework. Do your rereads. It's worth Percy it. Percy Jackson it's a great fans series. have never had it better. This is the best year to be a Percy Jackson fan. <laughs> or I guess I guess the best portion of the year. <laughs> and I say that. No, wait, no, because The Sun and the Star came out this year also. So this is the best year to be a Percy Jackson yes, fan. <laughs> absolutely. And I say that as someone who is always a Percy Jackson fan. I read it before yes. Harry Potter. Even though I still love Harry yeah. Potter, but... If I had to compare. I read Harry Potter first. They were the first books that I read, but Percy Jackson quickly toppled them. (laughs) Um, And since things that have come out about the creators of certain uh, book series and worlds, um, Percy Jackson has taken the cake Mm -hmm. every single time. Yeah, Rick Riordan, just a good guy. Good guy. Not even a competition, you know? Like, just a genuinely good dude. And his wife is cool, too. Absolutely. And and he, you know, he has uh, the Rick Riordan Presents, which is a... Um, I, I don't know if it's a publishing company, but it's a platform for him to platform other writers and um, artists who are making books about different kinds of mythology and different kinds of stories that he does not have access to or that he doesn't he doesn't have firsthand knowledge of because he understands that we need to raise up voices of people who have different experiences than us. I didn't know that that is good job Rick Riordan if you have anything else I I got just one more thing that I've been you go for it that will be our last thing so I have finally finished the comic Batman 1989 which is oh. a continuation of uh, Tim Burton's Batman starring Michael Keaton. It's just the original Batman and Batman Returns, and it ignores all the Joel Schumacher stuff. It's a five-issue comic, and it's great. It introduces a new Robin. It it has uh, Billy D. Williams as Two-Face and his oh, whole... Oh, sick. I love Billy <laughs> D. Williams. Wait, it doesn't have any relation to George Orwell's 1989, does no. it? No. Just Batman <laughs> coming out in 1989. That makes sense, because you said Batman 1989. I was like, oh, is Batman <laughs> going to take on a fascist dictator? Honestly, that would be awesome. I would love to yeah. see that. That would be great. <laughs> and I'm going to probably move on to Superman 77 or 74, whenever that came out, which is a continuation wow. of those movies. Well, honestly, now that I think about it, let's be honest. Batman is a billionaire capitalist. He would be benefiting from a fascist dictatorship. I'm sorry, but I said it. He would be benefiting. He would look at it and be like, I can fix it, but... 
but I'm going to go punch people <laughs> instead. Because it helps me. <laughs> anyway, enough with the Batman slander. We do it too often. On <laughs> we all love Batman. <laughs> Everyone loves Batman. We do. I love Batman. We love that Mary Sue. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's what he is. All right. Um, animation is good. Kids, watch it. Disney, stop canceling. Yes. <laughs> and with that, this has been an animation smorgasbord. 